There is no, probably no greater illustration in Scripture of faith than what we see in Noah. And let me explain that. The question came up even in staff meeting when we were talking about how long did it take Noah to build the ark? Uh, somewhere in the back of my head, I, I told him it was like 100 years it took him to build an ark. Now, we don't know exactly how long it took, but we do have some time stamps that are important. God first called Noah out, and in, in when we first see the, the story of Noah, after Noah had, had his three kids, in chapter 5, verse 32, the scripture says that he was 500 years old. And that's at that point, somewhere around the time that Noah was 500 years old is when God told him that he was going to send a flood, he saw this wickedness on earth, and Noah was then given the, the, the dimensions and the instructions to build an ark, and the rain did not come until Noah was 600 years old. So there's a hundred years in between this time when God says there's wickedness on the earth and I'm going to destroy the earth. Now, I don't know if it was year two, three, four, five of that period where God actually gave him dimensions to build the ark, but he, you can be rest assured that it took at least decades and possibly even a century from the time that God spoke to Noah until God sent rains on the earth. Now think about that for a moment. Most scholars believe that the earth had not seen rain up to that point. Genesis chapter 2 says that God would water the earth by the dew that would come up from the, the ground and, and the mist that would settle on the earth, but they had not seen rain up until this point. And God speaks to this man and says, all right, I'm going to send a flood. Hebrews chapter 11 hints at this one. Hebrews 11 says God said that he was going to do something that had never been seen before. He was going to send rain, floodwaters that had never been seen before. Okay. God speaks to this man who lived in the desert, basically, you know, not, not desert, desert, but, but lived in an arid climate, had never seen rain, and says, I'm going to send a flood. You need to build an ark out of gopher wood. You need to build it this size in... You need to make, make sure that it's big enough to carry all of these animals that I'm going to send to you, and you're to cover it with this pitch. And so Noah believes God by faith and goes to work. He's never seen a flood before, maybe never seen rain before, and puts his trust in God's word and goes to work day after day after day. Now, I can imagine what an overwhelming task it would be for me and, and maybe his sons helped him. But Noah and, and a few guys working to build this boat on their own in today's world with the technology that we have, the skill saws and the, the drills and, and the hammers, the, the, the air, air compression machines, and all that we have to do construction. Imagine in Noah's time, day after day after day, week after week after week, year after year after year, laboring based on nothing more than trusting what he believed God told him was going to happen, something he'd never seen before. That's faith, folks. And can you imagine the wicked people around him were having a heyday 
He had to have been the laughing stock of the community. That word, uh, you know, after a, a year or two, that word would have spread to all of the known lands. He wouldn't believe what this idiot over here is doing. He's a fool. He's a nutcase. He says that it's going to rain, that his God is going to send a flood, and, and, and everybody's going to be judged, and, and everybody's going to suffer, and they're all going to die except for him and his, and his family, those who believe in God, and they're going to get on this thing he's building, and, and, and his God is going to save him from the judgment that's to come. And, and they go along and they're continuing in their wickedness. They've been wicked for years. God hasn't judged them yet. They haven't seen that kind of justice at this point. And so they simply are going by what they've seen and what they've heard, by, by, by what's going around them in this, in this physical world. And so they deny the, 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 the idea that God would even speak to Noah, they deny the idea that God might judge them, and they make Noah, the one who has the, the, the word from God, they make him the laughingstock. And Noah just continued by faith to do what God had called him to do. It's not a whole lot different than the world we live in today. God has given us a message of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he has made it clear that there is coming a day when he will judge each and every one of us. That he will bring justice to this world. That, that he will judge the living and the dead. There will come a day when those who put their faith in him will be separated from those who have not. And those who preach that message today are made a laughingstock. Folks will say, oh, you believe in a myth. You're talking about some guy from 2,000 years ago. Or when we talk about, no, you're talking about somebody from 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 years ago. That's all a myth. That's not true. That's never going to happen. That's exactly what the people of Noah's day were saying. And yet, by faith, Noah continued. Noah was not made righteous because he was better than everybody else. Noah was considered righteous because of his faith, because he heard the word of God, believed the word of God, and then what we're going to see in the next section, acted upon the word of God. As Noah walked with God, God made this covenant with Noah and said, you're going to be mine. That's, that's what a covenant essentially is. It's the first place in Scripture that we see that word covenant used, that we become familiar with, the covenant that God made with Moses and the covenant that, that God made with, with Abraham. Here you see the first use of that idea that God has chosen a man because of his trust, because of his faith in him, and said, I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to keep you. I'm going to preserve you. I don't have any illusions that Noah was perfect. We know he wasn't because Scripture says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was righteous and blameless because he walked with God and he trusted God and he walked by faith. But Noah's faith was not just an intellectual assent. That's kind of what we've already been talking about. But the second point I want you to see here is that Noah's Faith was expressed in his obedience to God. He didn't just say, oh, okay, God, yeah, I believe you. That, that's great. One of these days you're going to send judgment and sit back and wait. He didn't wait until he saw the first raindrops starting to fall before he went to work. See, most of us, 
we, we say, yeah, we believe you, Lord, but I want to see something. And then when we see God, how come you can't do uh, miracles like you did before? Lord, let me see the miracle, and then I'll do something about it. Then I'll, I'll invest my life in it. Then I'll move forward. Most of us want to see God do something before we move forward. True faith says, Lord, I've heard your word. I believe you. Even before the raindrops started falling, Noah went to work. He had to. If Noah had waited until the rain started, he would have died with all the rest of the wicked. By faith, Noah went to work doing what God had called him to do. Our faith, true faith in the living God, will always be expressed in obedience. Look at this. In, 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 throughout this text, you see it four times. And in verse 22 of chapter 6, Noah did this. He did everything that God had commanded him. Chapter 7, verse 5, and Noah did everything that the Lord had commanded him. Verse 9, he did just as God commanded him. And then again, now in verse 16, the scripture says that when Noah entered the ark, he did it just as God commanded him. You notice a theme there? He heard the voice of God, he knew what God's commands were, and he obeyed. So Noah would be a little bit like James. You remember what James said, that, that you know, you show me your, your faith without your works, I'll show you my faith by my works? Noah, Noah believed God, and in his faith, he obeyed God. True faith in God causes us to act upon it. If you don't act upon it, if, if you say, well, I believe God, but, I, I'm going to suggest that you don't really don't believe God. Noah's faith was expressed in his obedience to do what God had called him to do, even though he didn't see the promise of God fulfilled for decades. How many of us get upset when God doesn't answer our prayer this week or this month? We want it now. Noah trusted God for decades before he ever saw a drop of rain fall. Are we willing to walk with God in such a way that if we never, ever see what we consider to be fairness or righteousness, justice on this earth, that we trust that God is going to make it right in his time? Can we trust the word of God to be fulfilled? Yes. It may not be a day, it may not be a week, it may not be a month or a year before we see the resolution, but God keeps his promises. The, the Israelites were in Egypt for 400 years, four centuries before God delivered them from Egypt and established them in the promised land. 400 years, but did God keep his promise? Yes. God always keeps his promises. And I don't know what part I might play in that fulfillment of his kingdom purpose. But whatever part it is God has for me, I want to be there and I want to be obedient. His, our, our faith is expressed in our obedience to God. But remember, Noah's faith came out of his relationship with God. He had walked with God, Scripture says, in, in chapter 6, verse 9, he was walking in a relationship with God. It reminds me of Enoch. 
The scripture says Enoch walked with God and then he was not. It reminds me of Adam before the fall when the scripture says that Adam would walk with God in, in the morning or in the, in the cool of the day. Adam had a relationship with God. Enoch had a relationship with God. Noah had a relationship with God. And you sense in that this, this love relationship that God desires to have with all of his people, all of those who would walk with him by faith. And Noah expressed his love through his obedience to God. Let me put it in our terms. Our love relationship with God, just as our faith is expressed in obedience, our love relationship with God is to be expressed in our obedience to do what he's called us to do. You can tell me, oh, I really do love Jesus, but I don't want to do that. Well, then you really don't love him. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. I show my love to Susan by doing what she wants me to do. Now, I'm not perfect in my love, so I don't always do what she wants me to do. But we express our love by seeking to meet the other person's needs, by obeying, by caring for them. That's the same way Jesus says we're going to express our love for God. We're going to walk in a love relationship with God by being obedient to him, doing what it is he's called us to do. So once again, if, if you tell me, oh, I, I do love God, but I, I don't want to obey his rules. Here's one. I find this one really hard. People will say, well, I love Jesus, but I don't care for his church. Both the church is the body of Christ. It's the bride of Christ. And Jesus says, I've established my church. And his word tells you not to... to, to quit, not to uh, ignore the assembling together with other believers in his church. And you can tell me I love Jesus, but I don't love his bride. I don't love his body. I don't love his family. If you love him, you'll keep his commandments. First John 5 that we studied not very long ago says, for this is what love for God is, to keep his commandments. First John 5, 3. And his commandments are not a burden. But everyone who's been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. I read that uh, in, in those two verses in whole, and I thought, man, that sounds like Noah. He conquered the world. He won. He survived. God rescued him because of his love for God and his faith. That's what caused him to ride above the waves when the storms came. Noah's love for God and Noah's faith. And because of his faith in God and this covenant relationship that God had with Noah, God rescued him. And of course, you see that. We know the story. But you read it here in the end of Genesis chapter 7. God wiped out every, everything else, every living thing that was on the face of the earth, from mankind to livestock to creatures that crawl, birds of the sky, they were all wiped off there. Why? Because they were wicked and they deserved to die. But Noah was left. And those that were with him in the ark, God rescued Noah. Why? Because Noah had faith in God. And that faith was expressed in his love relationship with God and in obedience to do what God had called him to do. 
And Noah could have said all along, I love God. I walk with God, but I ain't building no boat. That's crazy talk. And he would have drowned. But because of his love of God and his faith in God, God's mercy and grace was extended to him, and he did what God called him to do, and he was saved. Now, I want to bring this home to all of us because the truth is, and I mentioned this earlier, Scripture is clear that every single person is going to face God's judgment one of these days. Every single one of us is, is, is on a track because of our sin to stand in judgment before God. Romans tells us as you walk through the doctrine of Romans, Romans 3 reminds us that, that all the religious people of Jesus' day, of Paul's day, were sinners, and all of the irreligious people of his day were sinners. And the truth is, just like the Old Testament says, Paul says, everybody's a sinner. All of us have sinned. Whether you're religious, whether you're non-religious, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of God's glory, every single one of us. And because of our sin, we're deserving of death. We've earned it. The wages of our sin, and if everybody sinned, the wages of every single person who's breathed on this earth, we deserve punishment because we've rebelled against God, we've sinned against him. Just like the judgment that God sent in the days of Noah, every single one of us is deserving of death. And we all will face it one day. Some of us are going to face it sooner than others. Some of us are going to face it when we take this last breath on earth and we stand before God. Some of us are going to face his judgment when Jesus returns. With what we see going on in the world now, that may be sooner than we think. But regardless, none of us know the, the day that we have appointed to stand in judgment before God, but all of us will stand in judgment before God. All of us deserve it. But God looks upon the earth and he has sent someone to rescue us. He has sent an ark. He has sent a rescuer. And this rescuer's name is Jesus. Jesus entered this earth, entered into the form of a human body, walked on this earth and died a sacrificial death to pay the price for your sin and my sin. And God is asking for, for only one thing from mankind, and that is to, to believe his word by faith. Put your trust in what I'm telling you. Judgment is coming, and I sent you an out. I've given you a hope. I've given you a way. I sent my son to die on a cross that you might have everlasting life. Believe me, believe what my word says. By faith, put your trust in me. I believe that those who put their faith and trust in Christ will be saved. And when they are, they'll have a changed life. We'll see it in their obedience and their desire to obey what God's told them to do, just like Noah. They'll have a love relationship with the living God. They'll have a walk in obedience to God. When we... It's, it's a very clear picture for me when you look at the remnant that was rescued by God's mercy and by God's grace in the time of the great flood to what God's going to do now. There are, there are few that are going to trust Christ. There are many who are going to make fun of those 
who proclaim the message of salvation. Our, our world is wicked, and our world will continue to say that, how oh, that can't be true. Look, it's been 2,000 years. Jesus still hadn't returned. I'm here to tell you that God will keep his promise, that Jesus will return, and there will be a day of judgment. And you can make fun of it or, or call it a myth or whatever you want to do, but one of these days, just like those who lived in the day of Noah, you'll find out the truth. 1 Peter chapter 3, Peter sums up this kind of discourse this way. He said, For Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, in which he also went and made proclamation of the spirits in prison, who were in the past were disobedient, when God patiently waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared. In it, a few, that is eight people, were saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you as not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of God, a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Peter himself, in 1 Peter, looked back at the flood and said, you know what? The flood gives us a picture of what Jesus has offered. God reached down and rescued a remnant of his people who trusted him through Noah, who walked by faith, who trusted him. And, and God sent the flood that brought this incredible judgment upon the earth. But God rescued those who believed in him and trusted him and obeyed him. And much is the same today, Peter says, except this time God sent his son who died a sacrificial death and was raised by the Spirit so that you might have everlasting life. And then Peter even makes that connection. He said, in, in, in a way, God even used water this time. It, not water baptism. It's not that it washes the dirt off, but it's symbolic of the change that's taken place in you, the good conscience, the, the righteousness that, that has been placed in you through your belief and trust in Jesus Christ. Well, Peter looks back to the, to the flood and he looks back to God's rescue of, of his people in Noah from their wickedness. And Peter says, what God's done through his son is he's provided you an out. And there's a whole bunch of people that aren't going to believe it. But those who do, those who put their trust in Jesus will see their salvation come through him. That's the good news that you and I have from the story of the flood. God is a God of justice. God will one day make all things right. Those of you who have been dealt injustice on this earth, God will make it right. Those who, who, who look at it and, and say, but the, it seems that the wicked perish. It seems that those who cheat and lie and steal, that, 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 that they never get punished. They will. God is a God of justice. And just as he did in Noah's day, one of these days, God will enact his justice upon this earth. But God is also a God of mercy and a God of grace. And he says, if you, like Noah, will believe what I'm telling you, you believe my word, walk with me by faith, do what I've told you to do, you'll be saved.
You'll be a part of that remnant. Now, Jesus made it clear. There's a narrow way and there's a broad way. And there's a whole lot of people. In fact, the majority of people on this earth are going to ignore the warnings. But for those who put their faith and trust in Christ, those are the ones who'll receive his salvation and find hope in Jesus. God is a God of justice, but God is also a God of grace. And man, am I grateful for that. Because if I truly got what I deserve, I'd be one of them drowning out there in the flood. But praise be to God through his son. He's rescued me and I'm on his ark. Matthew's going to come and lead us in a hymn of response. And I want to give you the opportunity. First of all, whether you're watching online or you're in this, this building today, if you have never put your faith and trust in the gospel, in the story of Jesus as your sake, if, if maybe you've had questions and maybe you've had doubts. Maybe you just need to sit down with me and Nathan or somebody and talk about those doubts. It's crucial. There's nothing else more important than, than you can do. Whether you're the 23-year-old young man who passed away or the 30-year-old man or the 51-year-old man who I started the story with, we never know when our appointed time is. And if you don't know for sure, if you were to take your last breath that you'd wake up in God's ark, in his presence, because you're walking in a relationship with him, I would encourage you to, to seek him out today and, and put your trust in him. Make that decision to follow him. If you're online and you want to reach out to, to one of us, you can reach out to us online or you can call during the, during the office hours during the week. We'd love to talk to you about how you can know for sure that you're his, that you're, that you're walking with the Lord. But church, we need, to, we need to hold on to this very truth that there is a coming a day of judgment and God has called every one of us to walk with him in obedience to him and fulfill his plan. I know sometimes we grow weary. It seems like we go through weeks and months and days where we haven't seen God move and we begin to wonder. Trust his word. Trust his word by faith. God will fulfill his promises. He always has, and he always will. Don't lose faith. You've been listening to a Sunday morning message from our services here at First Baptist Watauga. Our family's mission is to exalt the Savior, equip the saints, and evangelize the lost. If you want to know more about First Baptist Watauga or need to reach out to us for prayer, go to fbcwatauga.org and let us know. In all things, to God be the glory, honor, and praise.